0: This episode is brought to you by Charles Schwab. Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day. Washington Wise from Charles Schwab is an original podcast that unpacks the stories making news there. Listen at schwab.com slash Washington Wise.
1: This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Welcome to Money Beats. Look at the week ahead. I am Paul Vigna.
2: I'm Stephen Grosser,
1: and we are joined by Eric Morath from Washington D.C. Wall Street Journal Economics Reporter Eric Marath. Eric, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing We're- all right. So uh, look, there's there's data on the calendar. There's earnings on the calendar, but all anybody really cares about is the Fed.
2: I, all anyone cares about is who's going to be, you know, the Fed chair, and you know, I guess when Jenny Yellen's. 10 uh, term ends in February, right?
0: You know, that's the big the big question here in D.C. It seems like every few minutes there's a new frontrunner anointed for this position. But it seems as if the White House has narrowed it down to, to five candidates, and they're probably going to make the decision within the next couple weeks. Who are the five candidates? We have, of course, the incumbent, Fed Chairwoman Janet Yellen. The others are uh, current Governor Jerome Powell, former Governor Kevin Warsh, John Taylor, who's a Stanford economist, and uh, Gary Cohn, who's the president economic advisor. Who,
2: as of right now, do you see as the front runners?
0: I mean, it, it seems to keep shifting. I mean... It- you know, early on, Cohn seemed to have have the inside track, and then that's definitely fallen off. And then more recently, it seemed to be either Powell or Warsh, both Republicans, but both have Fed experience, kind of seemed to be that, you know, middle-of-the-road pick. But then President said that he likes Janet Yellen a lot. So apparently he forgot that a year ago at this time, he was running attack <laughs> ads featuring her face and now uh, says he likes her a lot. And he previously said that he thought, you know, she was doing a good job. So it doesn't sound like she's out of it. By any means, at this point,
2: no. She called back for a second meeting on Friday. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So I think that that was um, a little unclear. She was at the White House okay. again today, mm. and um, but then what was sort of came out was that was just kind of her standard meeting with with Gary Cohn. Although Gary Cohn and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin are kind of the guys that are leading this search. So you know, mm. do we talk about what, how the economy looks and ask some more questions about the Fed? We're not sure. Right.
1: Well, he, here's one question that I think is pretty important and maybe not everyone knows the answer to I, I certainly don't know the answer because I'm asking it does Janet Yellen want the job
0: you know, I think she does. She hasn't put out there. I mean, the safer thing would have been, you know, when Trump was elected to say, hey, you know, I'm going to step aside. or I'm going to you know, serve out this year. You know, she hasn't given the indication that she's not interested. And that mm-hmm. would have been like the face saving thing, you know, not, to, to kind of keep her name into it at this point and, and, and then, then not be picked. This right. kind of would be an embarrassment. Right. If you knew that was going to happen, you probably would have said six months ago, you know, at the end of my term, I'm stepping aside. Uh,
1: you know how and we are clearly living in pretty unprecedented times, but how unprecedented unprecedented would that be for a sitting Fed chairman to not be renominated?
0: Oh, it's it's been decades. I mean, even if you know, you look at you know, uh, Bernanke was uh, under Bush and Obama kept mm-hmm. him. We saw that before with with Greenspan. So right. I mean, it, I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I mean, it's that's not the Fed up until kind of recently hadn't been that political. It had been something that you know, kind of if you felt like you were doing a good job and good stewards of the economy, the president, no matter the party, kept you on board.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to now that we start bringing this up. I think dude wasn't Paul Volcker by the end of his. His term. I mean, Volker came in in '79 and kind of, you know strangled inflation and everyone loved him. I think by the end of Volcker's time at the Fed, they, they had kind of turned on him. Now that we bring it up, I think. So maybe it was Volcker.
0: Perhaps, perhaps. But yeah, I mean, Which definitely it's been a long-standing long precedent. Yeah, it was still of, a
2: long time ago, yeah.
0: Yeah, of, 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 of Republican presidents keeping a Democrat-nominated Fed chairs and vice versa.
2: I guess the what can we expect from, the I guess, the front runners in terms of, you know, monetary policy? Because I think that's what the markets care about. Obviously, they know where, you know, Janet Yellen stands, but what about Powell and Taylor?
0: Yeah, well, you know, Powell, I guess it's a little bit of a, you know, the view is kind of that he would be sort of the Republican version, if you will, uh, of Janet Yellen, that that he's not going to be real anxious to take an aggressive stance on rates. Um, But, you know, he's got the the Republican uh, chops. So, like, that's kind of how he's sort of maybe the Goldilocks, uh, middle of the road candidate. And also the
2: bank regulation, he tends to be a little bit looser on that than Janet Yellen is. I think that's sort of the opinion, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. Now, it's a little bit – I mean, he certainly hasn't been the most high profile of, you know, Fed governors or Fed speakers, um, not not a huge, like, newsmaker typically. So, uh, I mean, was he just sort of showing deference to the chair and the leadership um, and he'll come out guns a-blazing? I mean, who knows? But that I don't think that he's, he's considered, like, a really – outside you know unconventional thinker where's where's john taylor now that's someone that would be bringing a a totally different attitude i mean of course he's famous for the taylor rule right and the idea that you'd set monetary policy based on a series of formulas and instead of you know a dozen or more people meeting in a room and hashing it out so if you followed his rule and my colleague michael derby just had a great story on this Yep. yep you'd have interest rates like Somewhere around three and a half percent right now,
1: right do, uh, do you think so perhaps cool. the president read michael derby's great reporting on this story, and <laughs> maybe that changed things a little bit
0: <laughs> Well, we certainly hope the president is reading the wall street journal <laughs> <other
2: branches>. good <laughs> plug i mean but it is it does raise it does raise the question about the three and yes, a half so there's a good question. question because you know. Trump has made it clear he wants he likes low interest rates um now he, now now he does now he does yeah, yeah right, but like you know since he's taken office, right, I think all right. presidents probably like a little looser uh, monetary policy um but I mean obviously Taylor, if you go just by you know his formula, would be raising rates right
0: right, yeah, no absolutely that's that's the thing i mean so so John Taylor is kind of someone that's been in the background for in a future Republican administration, here's a guy that's, you know, potential, you know, future Nobel Prize winner that's clearly a more conservative guy. Like, he would be a person to lead the Fed. So, you know, I guess that maybe got him an interview. And then initially coming out of that, the whispers were Trump was really impressed by him. Um, right. But, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't match the idea of someone that seems more concerned when you look at his other range of policies with – with taxes and talk of infrastructure spending, Trump seems more concerned about stimulating an economy than worrying about, oh, are we overheating? And, and obviously, someone that thinks that we should be closer to 35 or 4% on interest rates right now would be someone that's worried about overheating. Right.
1: All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, more on the economy and earnings season. We're talking with Eric Morath, economics reporter for The Wall Street Journal. You are listening to Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. Hi, I'm Carla Harris, host of Access and Opportunity, an award-winning show from Morgan Stanley that brings you diverse voices working to solve some of our toughest challenges, like Diana Chow.
2: I think when it comes to college students, what I would love to see is a greater recognition of the need for
0: cultural diversity of care provision.
1: Find out how Diana is applying a global perspective to better mental health care for students. Listen to Access and Opportunity wherever you find your podcasts. For a new podcast experience, subscribe to the Future of Everything podcast from The Wall Street Journal. Now on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. Welcome back to Money Beat. Paul and Stephen here in the studio in New York City talking to Eric Marath in Washington, D.C. Eric, let's turn our attention to the earnings calendar. And what are the highlights on the calendar this week?
0: Well, in terms of economics, the big the big highlight is the GDP report. Uh, we're getting the first look at uh, the third quarter's GDP. So typically, you know, it's a pretty high profile uh, report, the first take. But th- this one comes uh, with a slew of caveats. But I'll, I'll set the groundwork here. We're expecting a 2.7 percent uh, growth rate for the third quarter. So that that's pretty good, considering during this economic expansion we've been cruising right at the two percent line. A uh, slight cooling from. From the third or second quarter, but still pretty solid growth. The, The caveat, though, is we had these hurricanes, and and how did this react? How did the economy react to that? So, if the number is much weaker than expected, it could be sort of written off. Well, the hurricanes maybe did have took a bite out of this, and keep in mind that occurred very late in August, early September. So, we might not have gotten any of that rebound yet. Um, But also, and we've seen this over and over again in the economic reports, the government saying we're having trouble collecting data. It's not that that the hurricanes Mm. necessarily did or did not. Impact the economy, but just there's limited data coming out because you know when businesses are disrupted and people are out of their homes, they're not exactly like returning the BLS's phone calls. And right. So so that could be if we could get one of those reports that sort of say, hey, you got to wait till the revisions in the next couple of months before we really can say because we just don't have enough data out of Texas and Florida and Puerto Rico yet.
2: The, the other uh, big you know report on Friday is uh, the University of Michigan's Consumer Sur- uh, Sentiment Survey that took off after the presidential. election has re- continues to remain high. What are we expecting, I guess?
0: Yeah, so the preliminary report uh, showed a bounce back. We saw a little bit of a, a cooling in September and was like, well, are consumer's not feeling as good or is this just a hurricane effect? And... and uh, the Michigan uh, economist said it looks like it was just the hurricane because it's it's back to pretty much where it was this spring. So consumers are feeling good. And, you know, I, that to me, that just signals, hey, the unemployment rate is historically low. And while people have a lot to worry about here in here in Washington and elsewhere, uh you know, when people have jobs, I think that keeps consumer sentiment uh, pretty buoyant.
2: Uh, one one question about consumer sentiment is how are we seeing that filter into – got strong consumer sentiment. How are we seeing that filter into consumer spending and things like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, the the jump in consumer sentiment has not been mirrored by the increase in, in consumer spending. Um, but consumer spending has been, you know, steady and solidly growing. Um you know I think the sentiment numbers are probably overstating how good things are, but uh, you know consumers still still driving this economy and you know there's not signs that, that that's going to let up uh, through the remainder of the year, which you know might set us up for for the best year of economic growth at least in the last few.
1: And then the the last thing, and we'll just mention this and, and move on really is overseas, the ECB has a meeting on Thursday. And everyone is going to be watching to see what announcement they make regarding their big bond-buying program, their version of quantitative easing. They've been talking for a long time about the fact that they're ready to start you know, whittling that back. And people are kind of expecting that Mario Draghi on Thursday will announce that. So people will be watching that on Thursday. Uh, let's talk about earnings for a second. We've got a couple of minutes here. Yeah,
2: so 17% of companies in the S&P 500 have Almost reported. Almost a fifth. Yes, have reported, good. have reported, have reported, have reported, and so far, FactSet's blended earnings growth rate is one point seven percent. Ooh, and that's that's yeah, that's down. That's, I think it was around bad. four or five percent at the at the end of the third quarter. So it's you know it's come down, although it's very early, and that can dramatically change. Right. Like we said, um, only a fifth. Yeah, as I just did the there. Very smart of me. Yeah, uh, you, yeah, you knew yes, that seventeen yes, percent was, it was almost best. one it was, fifth. Yeah, right, right. It was amazing. Um, But, you know, it is well off of the pace that we saw in the first and second Mm -hmm. quarter, which were both double-digit gains. Um, Part of that has to do with – the third quarter of 2016 was stronger for earnings um, because of oil's rebound, the price of oil rebounding. than the first two quarters, so the comps are harder. But you know, I think everyone can agree that 1.7% would be disappointing. Very disappointing.
1: A lot of banks. Uh, the first week or so. Now we're sort of expanding the sectors.
2: Yeah, we have General Motors, 3M, McDonald's, Texas Instrument on Tuesday. Um, all you know, big <laughs> companies. Yeah, Cat, um, cats on there. Yep. Um, and then going down to Wednesday, we have Visa. We have Anthem. I'm just listing them off at this point. Right. There's so many of them. Yeah. I mean, co- this is this week is really when everyone- Boeing.
1: Uh, yeah. This is when you start getting the real heavy, hot and heavy earnings. I mean, so many numbers, it's, it's hard to process them all, really. But we will here at uh, the Wall Street Journal and Dow Jones Newswires. We will be processing these numbers all week. Yep. Strongly.
2: Yes. Writing about in. them. Yes. Writing. Consistently on the money beat blog? Yes, on the money well, beat blog. Will you guys on the money Beep blog? Yes, we will be covering a lot of these. You things. will be? Yep. Okay. Twitter is also this week. I love Twitter as a service. Don't know about them as a company. But it's interesting. It's all they're always an interesting. They're always interesting. Watch. And Thursday is actually one of the biggest days for earnings because you have what do we Alphabet have on Thursday. We got Alphabet, we got Alphabet, we got Amazon. Obviously, those are two of the biggest that people yeah, like yeah, to you know. watch.
1: The vowels and Fang.
2: Yeah? Yeah, huge. Yeah, big stock movers. Yeah. Exxon on Friday. That's always And Chevron, big. right? Usually. Yes, Chevron. Right next and next yeah. are both on Friday.
1: Yeah, those are the big ones. Those are the big. Ones. It's a huge calendar. All right, so that's about it, everyone. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it as always. Eric Morath, we appreciate you as always. Thanks for coming on, man. Happy to join you anytime. Have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.